in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's riding on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. Want to start the front page with UNLV Volleyball. They beat Illinois State yesterday in four sets. So they advance to the round of 32 in the NCAA tournament. Uh, They will play Kentucky today at 4 p.m. Pacific time. If you want to watch it, it'll be on uh, Watch ESPN. Um, The UNLV Volleyball team is 13-0. Unfortunately for them, Kentucky is 19-1. And Kentucky, over the course of 20 matches this year, dropped a total of four sets. They won 59 of 63 sets they played this season. Yeah, cool for Don Sullivan, though. We had her on last week in that team. I mean, won a conference title. And look, when you get there, you're going to have to, you know, probably come in from the Mountain West, face a pretty good seed, you know, early on. So get the two seed, nothing to, you know, no pressure. You know, she gets, they get to go out there and uh, all the pressure's on Kentucky, but it'll be obviously difficult. uh, Two seed in volleyball. Volleyball is kind of like women's tennis back in the day where Graf just kind of won every tournament she was in and Serena Williams and Venus because they were just so much better. You usually get the seeds advancing in a sport like volleyball, men's and women's, so it'll be a tough one, but nothing to lose. It is uh, tied for the farthest UNLV has ever advanced in the yeah, NCAA good tournament. For them. So if they, they pull off the upset today, it, it'll be the farthest they've ever advanced and they'll be in the Sweet 16. Great question. Thank Thanks. you. The Golden Knights and Sharks will now play on May 10th. That was a game that was originally scheduled for April 23rd. So what the NHL is doing is what I kind of hoped they would do. Because of the Vancouver Canucks, they pushed the end of the regular season back by eight days to try to give them more time to reschedule some Canucks games. But what that meant was teams like the Golden Knights and in the other divisions, they were going to have eight days from the end of their regular season before the playoffs started. They now might be scheduling more games into that eight-day time slot, which is what they did here with the Golden Knights. It's a good way they can decongest the schedule for the final month here before we get to the actual playoffs. Let me ask you this, because I know the uh, Canucks had a player speak out yesterday, and I'm all on board with him. I just don't know why you don't end it for the Canucks. It is a horrible look for this league to try to continue to push these guys. They're now having guys saying they're still having symptoms like foggy foggy thoughts and they're not all there. And I think you're trying to push these guys back to play professional hockey. This is a this league has a lot of bad looks, but to try to make these dudes play with families and everyone that's been affected is stupid. Why are they doing this? Yeah, the, the Canucks uh, would be out of the playoffs. The chances of them making the playoffs are very small. Like yeah. there's no real benefit to them coming back. The only benefit is to give the other teams in the Canadian division enough games, but uh, that seems kind of irrelevant. Yeah. Like, we'll be yeah. fine if the Canadian division doesn't Jeez. get to 50 games. If they've all got to play 45, 46, whatever, we'll be fine. We'll survive yeah. and the playoffs will Jeez. be fine. I, I I, completely agree. Like, if the Canucks don't want to play, there, there's no reason to make them come no. back. That's a great, great question. Jadevian Clowney signed a one-year deal with the Browns. Uh, He can make as much as $10 million. Uh, It's an $8 million base with a couple of incentives that can get him up to $10 million. Should the Raiders have been after Jadevian Clowney for $10 million over one year? 
Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, it. I know the. Uh, I know the um, Browns are. You know, they're better. They actually probably have top. Eh, I don't know. Let's say seven, eight roster in the league. I mean, they have a really good roster. But everyone's going to Cleveland now. I, I would have made a run at him. But you know, they got the best corner on the market. Now they get you know Jadavian Clowney. I mean, they're doing a really good job. Uh, and I'm sure that you know the Raiders were in on the corner. But uh, yeah, I, I think they should have at least made an effort. Maybe they did. We don't know. But. 10 million given what they paid for the joker and guys on the other side of the ball yeah maybe save a few bucks and get this guy for and put him on the you know the opposite edge of Ngakwe. yeah you'd much rather have uh guys in the secondary than guys on the line right now but colt miller got an extension that added nine million dollars to his cap hit and Kenyon drake is going to cost them three million dollars against the cap Ooh. this year that's more than enough for jadevian Clowney's contract with the browns what would the odds have been before free agent started if I told you Clowney and John Johnson both chose to go to Cleveland? <laughs> not they didn't very like, big. Not, I mean, they chose. Yeah. I'm going to Cleveland. Like, really? Not, not many people are choosing to go to Cleveland. So good for the Browns, I well, guess. Yeah, exact. Sure. Next question. LaMarcus Aldridge is retiring from the NBA. So Aldridge had signed with the Nets. But he had missed the last two games. What the team had deterred, had called an illness was the reason they gave for why he was out. Uh, but LaMarcus Aldridge has put out a statement saying he retired because the last time he played a game, he had an irregular heartbeat. And his heart, he says his heart now has, is, is fine. He doesn't have that same heartbeat. But LaMarcus Aldridge said it was kind of too scary. He didn't want to have, he didn't think it was worth it to go out and try to risk that again. So LaMarcus Aldridge has retired from the NBA. Yeah, totally. I mean, I can completely uh, understand it. He's 35. He played 15 years in the league, made a fortune. He's fine financially. I'm sorry. Anyone mentions the term irregular heartbeat, I it, it, that is scary. I don't care if you get the best cardiologist in the world say, well, it looks good now. You're playing high-level NBA basketball. I, I mean, totally understandable that he'd walk away now. Nobody would want that on their conscience if he actually went back and played and something happened. Yeah, I uh, yeah, it's it's I mean, it's good for him to be able to walk away from it. Uh, yes. that he's that he can do that. So good for the Marcus Aldridge, but I mean he's I think he's been in the NBA for 15 years now. Like he had yeah, a 15 long, years. very very yeah. good long career and yeah. it's it's a it's an odd way to end it where you're sort of on a team you've been with for like what, a week, two weeks he was yeah. in Brooklyn yeah. and yeah, it's a, it's a strange way to end a pretty good career. Next question. The Houston Astros placed five players on the IL yesterday for what they were calling health and safety protocols. Uh, Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, Jordan Alvarez, Martin Maldonado, and Robel Garcia were the five players. Now, they lost yesterday to the Tigers, and then after the game, Dusty Baker said that Lance McCullers was sick as a dog and he could hardly catch his breath. And the reason for that is Lance McCullers says he was uh, experiencing a reaction to the Johnson & Johnson vaccine that he got a couple of days ago. Uh, Dusty Baker also said that Michael Brantley, who did not go on the IL, was removed from a game two nights ago early because he was not feeling well, but it was not COVID related. I don't know if they're just making excuses, but the Lance McCullers said yesterday, they did not. The players did not want to play the game because they had five players go on the IL, and he was feeling like crap after the vaccine. But they were overruled and had to play the game. 
Are we sure they just didn't want to lose to the Tigers again? They Ed, didn't want to Ed be in the field and they lost might, the Tigers. Might have been accurate might, because yeah, the Tigers are the been. Tigers are the best yeah. team in baseball. There is no yeah, doubt about it. Yeah. The Detroit yeah. Tigers are the best team in baseball. I, I don't want to give I don't want to say anything positive about your team, but as we talked, I mean, it's obviously not near the situation with uh, the Canucks, but when you have a team that maybe perhaps is affected by this, they need to be safety and health for health and safety first. This, you know, the idea you got to push guys in or they need to play if they're feeling sick, especially now when they're having maybe reactions to certain vaccines. You got to shut the guys down for a while. I mean, yeah. it gets way too serious when you're like, no, no, you got to play. No, you don't have to play. This is far more important than a game at baseball or hockey. So. You kind of hope for the best for these guys. Because, again, when they're very veiled about, well, he's sick, I mean, that's usually we know what it means, right? It's usually, the, hey, you know, um, Jose didn't get food poisoned. I mean, <laughs> usually in these days, time, in, in you know, these times, you kind of know what it's probably about. Now, the way Dusty Baker talked about this yesterday, he did say all five players that went on the IL have had at least the first shot of the vaccine. And he said he hopes they all come back quickly, but they don't have an actual timeline on it. So it doesn't sound like any of the five players they put on there actually tested positive themselves. It sounds a lot like they came in contact with somebody that did. God, you know what's going to come out of this, Ed? The Houston Astros got their hair cut on Wednesday yes, and they couldn't yes. play on Thursday. On. That's going to be what happened here. They all had to get their hair cut and then they're out. Well, hey, I hope it doesn't players. deter. And I hope it doesn't deter guys not getting the vaccine also. They went out for milk. Oh, it's, that's right. The baseball one is milk. Right, right, right. It's football and basketball that's haircuts. It's baseball. They had to go get milk. Man, you know, that's a great question. Arizona is hiring Tommy Lloyd to be their next head coach. He's never been a head coach before. He was an assistant at Gonzaga. Uh, could Arizona have not landed somebody better than Tommy Lloyd? Well, it's weird because they were going to go one way or the other. I, they interviewed Miles Simon. They interviewed Damon Stoudemire. They actually interviewed Josh Pastner, who was like the walk-on hero when he played for Lou Dolson. So, and it was one more that they they interviewed four former Arizona guys. So I thought for sure, and I thought Stoudemire had been by far the best choice. He actually, you know, I think he's done a really good job, and you know, I mean, he's an Arizona guy as well. But yeah, and then all of a sudden they announced Tommy Lloyd. And I get Tommy Lloyd. He's recruited a ton of those Gonzaga guys. He's been with few forever. Like, I kind of get it. He knows the West Coast. But still, as good as Gonzaga's been, that was kind of a surprise to me. I thought for sure they were going a former Arizona player. I thought I yeah. thought they're keeping it in the family, and that's who you're going to go with. So this was kind of surprising when this is the guy they, get, they, they hired. I just, I mean, beyond the former Arizona player part of it, I'm just... I'm surprised how we've seen like North Carolina promoted an assistant, Texas Tech right. promoted an assistant, Arizona hired an assistant from a different staff. Like I'm, I'm surprised we have seen good jobs, not really land marquee names, but land guys that are, you know, assistants from somewhere else that haven't been head coaches before. Yeah. I mean, the one job that landed a marquee job, I think this entire offseason was Chris Beard. Detective. Yeah. I think that's, that's that the biggest, yeah, the biggest name that went to a big place. I'm out. Eric Musselman signed a contract extension with Arkansas. It's through the 2025-2026 season. It will pay him over $4 million a year. Will that be enough to actually keep him at Arkansas? I would think. I mean, again, he's got it rolling already. He's, I'm seeing it every day. Like, he's getting good transfers in. He, you know, he, does, he did that at Reno in a great way. So, 
I guess the question to that would be, because he'll be treated, if they win, forget about it, in the SEC, he'll be treated, his family treated so well, so it'll be a great job to have. Who else in college would pay him more than $4 million? I know there's schools out there, but I'm kind of wondering. There's only a, man, there's a handful that would go above $4 million, but I don't know what Bill Self makes. I don't know what, you know, at that school, but $4 million is still a lot for a college basketball coach. Yeah, I mean, that, it's that's a, a lot of money. It's a big price. It is. Yeah. And to to get Eric Musselman paid more than that, you'd probably be looking at a Kentucky, Kansas, Duke level yeah. job would be the ones that would pay that. Well, so, And his his buyout, at least for a couple years, is like $7 million, So he's probably not going anywhere. Yeah. All right. Coming up next, we will jump into some UNLV basketball as the 10th player has left the program for the transfer portal. Dodgers comes and gets it. Got a bounce and will fling it on up. And he hit it! He hit it to put the game in overtime! He was crouching when he let it go! Maybe a three. Was he behind the line? I don't know if he was behind the line. I'm not sure of that. They're going to check. The Maverick bench exploding. Tim Hardaway's putting up three fingers to see if it's a three-pointer. That's oh, he did! He did go behind the line. He just won the game. Luca just won the game with an incredible shot as he split the double team of Brooks and Valanciunas and leaning in to score. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Be part of the conversation on the Finley Kia text line at 69187. Finley Kia. Come see a Kia on West Sahara. Luka Doncic. You know what the best part of Luka Doncic hitting that shot to beat the Grizzlies? It has nothing to do with Luka's shot. It is that Grayson Allen had two free throws up two in the final two seconds and missed both of them. Wow. Well, the I guess is it more surprising he didn't trip Luka on the shot? <laughs> I mean, was he it was on the floor? Off. He was, was he kind of off balance. Maybe he did yeah. trip him. Maybe, maybe we did. Maybe he didn't split a double, and it wasn't Brooks. It was actually, uh, it was actually Grayson, and that's why Luca Luca tripped when he was like throwing it up. That might have been it. It's a hell of a shot. Hell of a shot. Uh, and by the way, before taking those free throws, uh, Grayson Allen on the year was sixty-one of sixty-seven on free throws. He oh, was over ninety percent on oh. free throws this year. Missed two that led to the Grizzlies ultimately losing that game. I know know we need to move on, but the one thing besides tripping that Grayson Allen should be good at is free throws, right? Like It should be. I mean, he is. He actually is good at them, just not at that moment. Jared, are you profiling? uh, Yes, yes. No, that's exactly what I was doing. Yes, no, 100%. Okay. I, I I didn't think I was even being subtle about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yesterday, UNLV had a tenth player enter the transfer portal. Moses Wood has gone in. Moses Wood came to UNLV from Tulane. So if he does in fact leave, it would be his third school. Uh, but Moses Wood is in the transfer portal. He is number ten. I think so. Moses Wood, a lot like the rest of the players UNLV has lost to the portal this year, I don't think it's a massive issue because the player is not like some star that's hard to replace. The issue comes in the amount of bodies that UNLV has to replace. And it's gotten to a point where 10 guys are in the portal. 
yeah, they've gotten four guys to commit as transfers. Yeah, they potentially have two freshmen coming in. But you're still talking about needing to replace four more guys now with Moses Wood gone. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, two things here. Uh, the one scary thing is Kevin Kruger's the best shooter on the team. But two, um, when you talk about Moses Wood, let me ask you this. Okay, he comes out last night. Gramala, you, you guys tweeted out that he's in the portal. And the first thing I thought of is, man, he's a pretty good player. Why do you think it takes this long? And I'm going to throw something out there and not knowing anything about this. Is this a situation where handlers or guys kind of get whispers saying, hey, they'd be interested, and then he goes to the portal. I mean, he's pretty good. It wasn't like some of the early ones where they probably broomed or they said, hey, it's not going to happen for you here. I, I I, was, I mean, you can tell me what you think. I was kind of surprised these things continue to happen this late with pretty decent players. Right. The timing is interesting on Moses Wood because he is not Donovan Yap, Jalen Martinez, Isaac right. Lindsay, who right. it seems like Kevin Kruger probably said, yes. hey, we're, yeah. you're not really going to play here if you want to go somewhere else. So those guys left because they didn't have a role on the team. Bryce Hamilton, uh, David Jenkins, like you could maybe even throw in Bakke Zhang in that role. Those guys, you assume, pretty much whenever they decide to go in the portal, they're going to get offers. Like they're going to get right, some right. decent schools that want them. And we see that with David Jenkins going to Utah. Bryce Hamilton has a bunch of Power 5 schools that are interested. Like those guys could kind of go whenever and they're going to get interest. Moses, what is in between where... Yes, yeah. Like, Moses Wood, he he could transfer to a Power 5-level school. He'd probably be closer to the end of the bench than playing, but he could conceivably be on a Power 5 school. But more than likely, he fits in at a mid-major like he was at Tulane or like he was at UNLV. But I'm sure they'd be there'd be plenty of schools that want him. But it is interesting. Why, like, what took so long with Moses Wood? Was he just, like, was he contemplating for that long? Like, or was there... Like you said, somebody came in and said, hey, you know, this school would be interested and they're, you know, it's a better fit for you than what UNLV is doing. I, I, that is a good question. Like what, what took so long for Moses Wood? What was the deciding factor sort of this late in the process? I mean, you hit it on the head. Hamilton and Jenkins right away probably said I can play in power fives. That's fine. But I would think Moses Wood, as those guys left, would have said, hey. My role is much bigger now, and I actually can make a shot. I can actually shoot some of the ball, and we don't have a lot of shooters. It almost seemed like, hey, that's a kid who should have stayed. Like, his, his role would have increased. He would have gotten more minutes. He's He surprises me far more than the other three who left. They didn't surprise yeah. me at all. This kid kind of surprised me. So what what's interesting is, like, the one position that UNLV has plenty of bodies at right now is power forward because yeah. – Two of, the, two of the transfers that are coming in are both power forwards. And again, we're assuming Arthur Kaluma's coming in. Kaluma can play power forward. So Moses Wood, that sort of was his position as well. So losing him to the roster, like you still have position-wise, plenty of guys that can play where he would have played. But the problem is, we don't know if any of those guys can shoot. Like most of them haven't taken a three. Moses Wood, we know, is a solid three-point yeah. shooter. And based on who's left on the roster he was the only solid three-point shooter on the team so he I, I think almost certainly would have had a role and would have been playing simply based on that simply because they would have gotten into games and have been like all right we're shooting 27 percent as a team uh Moses get out there so somebody could knock down a three for us so it, it it's a curious one it is curious with Moses Wood and I'll be I'll be interested to see where he ends up because I think he's in that sort of American Conference USA Mountain West type of range 
And I think there'll be plenty of schools that would want him. So I'm, I'm curious where he actually ends up if he does, in fact, leave. Because he, he could still come back to UNLV if he wants. And I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but he went in on the same day the one-time transfer went in. So maybe that also had something to do with it right. where he wouldn't have to sit. And the other thing about this is, is it weird that you and I know as much about Arthur Kaluma than this coaching staff, whether he's coming or not? <laughs> Should that really be on April 15th, the fact that we might know as much about that kid as the people who are going to coach him, maybe? <laughs> I think that's very strange. Arthur Kaluma. <laughs> Kevin Kruger yeah, no. <laughs> does not need to ask Arthur Kaluma if he's coming or not. He's just he's just going to hope that Arthur Kaluma shows up for the first day of practice. And if he does, when they're great. Checking, they're checking these guys in the dorms. You know, you, you cross off kids' names. Jimmy's here. Johnny's here. Where the hell's Arthur? Arthur hasn't uh, checked into room 42 yet. Oh, no. Uh, He's driving Arthur to his dorm. You would think that, he Jared, but he, has, he hasn't he even asked up. Arthur no, Kaluma no, no, no. he's coming. Nope, nope. The, he's just showing up to his house the day of and going, get in. I'm taking you <laughs> to your in. house. He's showing up, uh, but Mick Cronin got there five minutes earlier and is driving him to UCLA instead. Oh, God, I would love that, like, local news. Kevin Kruger got into a fist fight with Nick Cronin in front of Arthur Kaluma's house today. Uh, you know, listen, I to steal somebody else's story, I used to do a radio show with Jim Bola, who was a women's basketball coach at UNLV, and mm-hmm. he's he has a story of where... He went to recruit, he was recruiting a girl, went to her house, and I think it was UCLA too. Their head coach was there when she wasn't supposed to be. Like, he had scheduled this visit, but for some reason, the head coach at another school had just shown up and was trying to, like, meet with this girl. And Jim was like, uh, you're going to have to wait outside because I'm doing a home visit right now. And she waited outside for Jim to finish the home visit. Oh. Uh, where'd she end up going? I think she went to UNLV. I think it was one oh, of his okay. better. Pl- right. I think it was one of his better right. players too. Like it was. Okay. It was a. It was a player worth just showing up and barging <laughs> in, and being like, "I'm here. Like, come well, to my school." Okay, so what we flirted. Well, it didn't work for the for the uh, UCLA coach, but what Kevin Kruger needs to start doing is <laughs> just showing up, showing like up. get in the transfer portal and be like, "All right, who's a former five star? All right, that guy." <laughs> Get me a plane ticket. I'm showing up to his house. <laughs> like, listen, is, that kid, I, is that kid a fan of Tiger King? Brandon, you head out there. Oh, head God. out there. <laughs> Can they use that in recruiting? Players? Oh, yeah, come on. You use anything. How's a kid going to know? It's like a long-lost son. He might, it might be 50-50. I might believe it. They're not confirming if kids are coming at this point. You might as well say, <laughs> well, he's not not that person. Yeah, he's not not the son of Tiger King. I mean, listen, if I was a recruit, and Ke- and I was talking to Kevin Kruger, and Kevin Kruger said, "All right, we're gonna. I'm gonna send Brandon Chappelle out, our assistant coach. He's gonna come out and meet with you." I would Google him, and when you Google yes. him, yes. that's what pops up. Yes. So I'd be like, "All right, I guess this is kind of cool. I don't know. Maybe it's or, not cool. Maybe yeah, it's the opposite." Yeah, of cool. I was gonna say, "Are the opposite reaction like Jesus Christ? How desperate were they? They got the guy from Tiger <laughs> well, King." But he, but they, Brandon they would have an automatic. Brandon would have an automatic get out because if the kid's a huge fan, can I meet him? Brandon, like you know what? I hear he's in jail, so he wouldn't be <laughs> lying. Like he wouldn't be lying because you know I hear he's in jail. He's in jail. I'd like you to have to meet him, but he's in jail. Like the kid would be like, "All right, he's in jail. Uh, I'm gonna I, sign with you guys." I hope they have like a fake phone set up where Brandon Chappelle can call Kevin Kruger. Joe Exotic. And- 
And no, wow. he calls oh. Kevin Kruger, and Kruger pretends to be Joe Exotic <laughs> from jail. <laughs> I hope they have that set up where they, they've got a fake cause. Like, yeah, you want to talk to him? Oh, that'd be great. And Kevin and Kruger's other- got to pretend to be. <laughs> Yeah, the other assistant start off the call is this call is being recorded. From yes, the, yes. You, know, like you, you set it up like it's a real jail call. Yes, oh. that'd be great. All right, coming up next, Darren Millar joins the show. Maroon is not just a color. This is the VGK update with Darren Millsy Millard. Darren, how are you this morning? Hey, I'm great. I've got a question for you guys right off the bat. Okay, good. I like when you do this instead. All right. Okay. I want you guys to tell me what these names have in common. Oh, boy. Oh, All Colin, right. Colin Moran, Adam Fraser, Brian Hayes, Kevin Newman, Brian Reynolds. What do you got? Would you they say sound- Brian Reynolds or Ryan Reynolds? Brian. They sound like NASCAR drivers. Nope. said Ryan Reynolds. They'd say they were actors, but no, you said Brian, so I don't know what the hell you said. Oh, no, no. No, no. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. on. Are they Pittsburgh Pirates? Yes. For the Pittsburgh Pirates. There you go. We're all very excited. Why are you (laughs) quizzing us on Pittsburgh Pirates? Because the other day uh, with Justice, uh, nobody could name a Pittsburgh Pirate. Yeah, yes, I think the... Well, I uh, want to give I, you guys the starting infield for the Pittsburgh Pirates and just help out the program. A little wait, knowledge wait. dropped on you guys today. Who was who was the one Pirate that we looked up that was a really good hitter, but we didn't want to know his first name? Phillips? That was Fraser. Or, or Phillips? Fraser? That was Fraser. I don't know. They're all the same person. Like, are, are you a Pirates fan or something, or did you just look this up for us? I just looked that up for you guys. Oh, how nice you are, Darren. No, Everybody, no, it was... Every- who was it? I, I, yeah, who was it? Oh, it was Evans. Evans, that's right. Yeah, right. right. Evans. That's his first name. His only name is like Cher. Yeah. Philip, well, I, I can't say Philip. It's P. Evans who's leading them in every category. That's right. P. Evans, yeah. superstar. He'll yeah. get traded to. He'll get traded to a real team here soon. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, like the Blue Jays. Yeah, the Blue Jays. Oh, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Do you do you Canadians do that with the Blue Jays? That even if you're not from Toronto, you cheer for the Blue Jays? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. It's it's the hey, it's the largest fan base in in Major League Baseball, thirty five million people. So, like, legitimately, like people in Vancouver, other side of the world, like they're cheering for Toronto if the Blue Jays make the playoffs or are actually any good. Yeah, you have to phrase it though. You you cheer for the Blue Jays. You don't cheer for the Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> no, so, nobody in Vancouver is cheering for anything Toronto, but they will cheer for the Blue Jays. So would it be okay. in the Blue Jays' best interest to rebrand as the Canadian, the Canada Blue Jays? Yeah, I'm not sure that that would fly either. Like, there's still there's your your fan base. The tickets are still bought by people in Toronto, so you don't want to alienate that. But you got the Maple Leaf on there. It's 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 a, it's a good deal. I, I I'm all for Montreal getting a team back, though. I think that'd be awesome. They had great unis. Uh, like best and the logo, yeah. Like when you, when you figure out what that thing is, it's awesome. Yeah, like the old Milwaukee <laughs> Brewers logo. Once you figure out what that thing is, uh, then then it's even better. You, uh, we lo- we love having fun with you, but I want to go serious because Tyler and I talked this before. I want to get your idea or thoughts. Uh, I'm suddenly, for whatever reason, a big JT Miller fan because he at least came out 
and called out the NHL and said, this is now stupid. We have guys on COVID lists. Their family has it. We've got guys who still have effects and they have cloudy thoughts and they can't, you know, they are not in shape. You played it. There's no chance in shape. Why hasn't this league said, you know what? We're done here. Shut this team down and stop with the nonsense that they need to bring these guys back. Well, first of all, uh, I think that there's there's medical people involved, and and that uh, first and foremost takes precedent over anything I'm going to say uh, about this. And if they've cleared it, then then I, I have trouble going against them. But I understand where JT Miller is coming from. Uh, second of all, uh, his his players' association has to work with the National Hockey League to to get back to re- like they're not just putting them in play and telling the NHLPA this is what we're going to do. You have no say over it. It may be this is what we'd really, 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 really like to do. Uh, you want to go along with it? So I, I would uh, strongly assume that there is some correspondence between the National Hockey League and the NHLPA. Uh, number three, I have uh, sympathy for JT Miller and the Vancouver Canucks, and I can't imagine uh, what it would be like if they were really close to a playoff race and 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 be into it, and how much uh, people would be up in arms. Because, I mean, let's face facts: uh, being ten points out there, they're they're kind of playing out the the string a little bit. Um, it's it's a tough go, and it's not just the the, the players that that got COVID. It's not just the coaches who I know, and speaking to uh, one of their coaches, uh, had some pretty uh, significant symptoms uh, through the course and trying to get back and then go through the, the grind of, uh, of uh, the final four weeks of the season. But it's also the guys that didn't get COVID or already had COVID uh, and, and have just been off the ice for three weeks. That's a, that's a major turnaround uh, in going from a couple of practices uh, to playing. My, my best Yes, engaging the situation is J.T. Miller's comments have uh, instigated enough of a reaction and uh, enough of a, hey, let's take a second, third look at this thing, that the Vancouver Canucks season will be pushed back to the start of next week. And they'll be allowed some uh, some more time to recover, some more time for preparation, and uh, more time to get things in order to, to play. Uh, it, the 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 league really wants everybody to play 56 games. They, they, they do for the uh, schedule, for just the, the idea of, of uh, everybody being equal. But uh, this is uh, J.T. Miller's caused a, a, a significant wave through, through the league. So on the Golden Knights game last night, I'm curious, yep. how many goals have you seen scored from the neutral zone like Max Pacioretty? Not a lot. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised. I mean, that almost happened to uh, Mark Andre Fleury uh, earlier this year, uh, and he like uh, had to make a, a miraculous uh, reaction to it. Every now and then, uh, Vesa Toskala probably has the most famous one in my mind, or most uh, distinct one, uh, when he was playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs and the New York Islanders scored from their own end on a play kind of like that, where it was a bouncing puck. But that was, uh, hey, they, they always say backhands are really tough for goaltenders. Uh, and, and I think it just proves it, uh, <laughs> proves a solid uh, point there that Max Pacioretty has a tricky release. That was, that was bizarre, right? Like that, you've got a Hall of Fame goaltender uh, in Jonathan Quick. And dare I say that there's nothing you can really do about that. Uh, it's just, it's a terrible, terrible, awful bounce. And I thought Pacioretty was, uh, 
was pretty uh, uh, interesting in his postgame comments. He, he's played uh, Olympic games uh, with uh, with with Jonathan Quick and national team uh, uh, relationship, and and even he felt bad about that. He wasn't that wasn't one of those. I'm going to flip it on net and see if I can create chaos. That was flip it on net and see if we can go get it. And never in his wildest mind thought he, he was going to score. He hit three posts on Sunday, couldn't buy one, and then he gets that to go last night. Was oh. was the was the miracle stopped by Flurry only because he had to push Zach Whitecloud out of the way so he wouldn't kick it in? <laughs> yes, yes, maybe, maybe that might be the the, the case. <laughs> okay, Darren, Darren, why does hockey not have own goals? Like, why can't the sport credit own like Zach Whitecloud own goal just like they do in soccer? Because you want to give credit to the last person. I, I never <laughs> understood own goals. Like why, why, why not give credit to somebody on the offensive side and and create some uh, some stats on that front? Why punish and call out somebody for for having an own goal? That is ridiculous. And you, you are such a bully that you you are you support uh, like drawing attention to somebody who makes an uh, unintentional mistake. That really? sums up yeah. sums up where you and I look at things from. You are the bully. I am the consoler. And the uh, the person that props people up. We need to accurately reflect what happened in the games with our stats. And Zach Whitecloud scored an own goal yesterday. That's what happened. But he doesn't get that. Does not reflect anywhere. And listen, what you're saying makes it sound like you don't want to acknowledge that a team ever loses a game. No, what I want to say is. Things happen with pucks bouncing or scoring, or inadvertently shovel a puck, or you try and kick a puck out of the way. You're never, nobody's trying to score on their own net, and I, well, I don't understand it in, in soccer well, or football or or, or, or or hockey. Why? Why? Like, what? let's 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 add to the the totals of, of of excellence, not not draw attention to the odd uh, faux pas. But it, well, exactly, it's an odd faux pas. It's not like it's every goal is going to be an own goal. It'll happen a few times a week in the NHL, and it'll be great. We can look up at the end of the year. So that guy beat his own goalie four times. And do we not have enough columns in the stat sheet now? I know you're a no, big analytics guy and a numbers guy, but no, I, like, I don't have don't. any more room in my brain for another column of own goals. Man, you're you're on the wrong show here, brother. My I, goodness. Well, that's, I know, I know. With with him, that's, that's there's, only like, there's only like seven stats in this sport, Darren. What are you talking about? <laughs> seven stats with yeah. all these new fancy ones that you guys keep bringing up, like well, and, and heat maps. Not the you heat guys, map but... is the one that that that, that drives me crazy. Yeah. The, oh, not, not the, you, uh, chances. Like that thing looks like a bad pancake every time, <laughs> and heat and maps I just, are great. Oh. oh my goodness! It doesn't. It shows me that most of the chances are near the net. Oh my goodness! And, right. and if it has twenty-five <laughs> shots to three shots. It's it's redder. Oh my goodness! It's a terrific snapshot. One. It's a terrific snapshot of what happened in the game. It's a heat map. I'm telling you right now, the heat map is what people in in television or in uh, in fancy stats put out when they they don't have anything else to talk about. They just go, here, look at this. Blast. And it's no. uh, just a big blob uh, on me. That, that's the one that drives me the nuts the most. 
The best part about heat maps is that last night Max Pacioretty's goal did not register on the heat map because they don't register shots outside the blue uh, blue line. Good. That's that's solid. <laughs> I will guarantee this on our television broadcast when I'm talking, you will never see a heat map. That is one thing no. that I will not do. And if you do, or, please call me out on it. Or anything about momentum. I do have to ask you, because you do tweet uh, often, but last night you might have been the only one not to tweet. This is the greatest third line that hockey has ever seen. Uh, it is one game of evidence, but is this the greatest third line that hockey has ever seen? Yes, uh, going back to uh, the <laughs> 1980 New York Islanders and the 1970s uh, Montreal Canadiens. Uh, uh, it, 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 uh, it takes over from those two clubs. The, look, uh, Tuck's feeling it right now, and he was feeling it before Janmark. Uh, Thomas Nosek is on a heater right now, and he was, uh, he was going great before Janmark showed up. I will say this. Janmark moves the puck really quickly, and he's, and he's got speed, and, and you could see that last night uh, in getting up and down the ice. But he made a couple of plays that just moved the puck fast, and I was impressed with that, given that it was his first time go-around with the team uh that was was really encouraging and the other part is every time the puck is in the offensive zone he's around the net and tuck scored that goal and it was yanmark going hard to the net uh he is on the uh on the top of the crease and he is making things happen and and the goaltender if if they don't score and the goaltender freezes it and they do that tight shot in around the net one of the first faces you're going to see along with uh the the guy wearing the mask is is Yanmark, and I, I, I like it. Uh, I think once he gets comfortable and, and gets uh, used to his, to his teammates, I, I think they might, they might have, a, have a player here. It's, it, it is, really does smell of the, like the ultimate, one of those prototypical Kelly McCrimmon uh, transactions where you take a player who's undervalued somewhere and you just you have that. He has that eye, uh, along with Von Karpin, that eye for, for trade seeing something that uh, others don't and the potential of it. And Chandler Stevenson, uh, go right, right on. Keegan Colasar was plucked. Uh, uh, Zach Whitecloud is a free agent. And, and, and this one, this one has got some real potential to it. Darren, I want to pitch you a idea for the broadcast, an injury report where you're standing in front of like a, generic hockey player and you just you say upper body and then the upper like the top half of the hockey player turns red and then you say are you say lower body and the bottom half of the hockey player turns red so that way we know like which player is injured and where they are injured i absolutely love that idea i'm not even going to challenge it i think that would be i wish i would have thought about it the uh in in my previous uh, incarnation uh, when we had those big graphics and the big video boards behind behind us, that is a brilliant idea, and I I may forward that on to some people uh, to to have some fun with that. I I, I like it. I, I take it you're you're mocking the sport, but uh, I'm going to look past <laughs> that. Absolutely, uh, I'm going to look right past that and just say I, I'm going to embrace that idea. That that's what Listen. that's what Thursday morning's about. It's about being a little more open as opposed to fish off. <laughs> Listen, you just put a big picture of Ryan Reeves up. You circle half of his body and say, <laughs> yes. he's hurt He's hurt somewhere in here. 
Somewhere in this area, Ryan Reeves is hurt. We expect him back anywhere between one week and six months. <laughs> are you uh, which which half of the body though? Are you circling? Because I don't. Know I don't which, know. Which I don't either. Just you, well, I guess you I, have to. You, you for Ryan Reeves, the, you can circle the, the whole, whole body. <laughs> the whole well, body. Yeah. With with, with, with Keegan Cole, with them. Keegan Colasar, we're going to circle the hip. And Pete DeBoer has probably been suspended by McPhee for two weeks. So because God forbid you say um, it's a hip injury like he did the other night. I'm going to be honest with you. Like when, when, when Pete DeBoer said hip, I'm like, oh. I have the same ailment as a professional athlete for the first <laughs> time ever. Uh, I have a hip issue. Mine's from age, age related, but I don't care. It's just, he didn't zero in on anything specific. I'm going to go hip. Uh, Keegan Golisar dealing and I are dealing with the same ailment right now. And I, 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 I think that's a compliment to, to my athletic abilities and potential. All right. Get out of here, Darren. We've gone way too long. Thank you, Thank Let's you kid. talk about the Pirates some more. We have clocks yeah. to keep. Yeah, we, we have are clocks way off to keep clock. around here. Next week, next week, we need the Royals infield. We'll talk to you then. Okay, see you, boys. Take care. All right, coming up next, our Sharp finally won. We talked to Matt again. It's time to find the Sharp, brought to you by PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds. Matt is back after he picked the Dodgers yesterday. So, Matt, where are you going for today's pick? Uh, I'll go with the Padres today. Oh, the Padres. Ed's going to love that one. He's going to oh. love it. All right. Ride so the blue we're, crew. Ride the blue crew, kid. We are just letting it go. We don't care about the run line or anything. Padres over Pittsburgh, you are in. Uh, good luck, Matt, and we will be talking to you again tomorrow if the Padres win. Thanks, Matt. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. We'll, we'll, know, we'll know early because they win. start at 930 our time. Win the Padres win. They play at 930? Oh, I guess they're in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Oh, crud. So. I got to set my lineup. you have 35 minutes Jared. um so a quick uh unfortunate update on our champions league bet man city beat dortmund yesterday 2-1 and they advance to the semifinals of the champions league by the way ed at halftime man city was going home they were going home if if they're if nobody scored the second half they were going home. Unfortunately, they did score twice in the second half. Uh, but Man City's advanced. They will play PSG in one semifinal. Chelsea will play Real Madrid in the other semifinal. So for those of you that what haven't a joke, been paying attention. By the way. We've talked about this. What a joke yeah. on the schedule. Oh. This should be the final. This should be it's the this. final. Yes. Yeah. See, P- okay, PSG got completely screwed because their path to get to the final, Barcelona, Barcelona, yeah. Bayern Munich, Man City. Yeah. That was that's their path to get to the final. So if they if they beat Man City, like they deserve the trophy before even having to play Chelsea or Real Madrid because yes. their path like Chelsea just beat Porto. Chelsea got past the best team in Portugal who nobody's ever heard of. Right? That was Chelsea's toughest game to get into the semifinal, but PSG's had to play like three of the five best teams in the world just to get to the final. And what's going to be funny is when the winner of Man City PSG loses to Chelsea or Real Madrid in the final. Uh, yeah, it won't be funny because we'll both be buying Jared lunch. But um, <laughs> I like uh, steak. I mean, I mean, at this point, I think I'd, ra- I think I'd rather buy Jared yeah. lunch. Absolutely, you would. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But J- Jared's <laughs> looking at about one, that. I think Jared's, I think Jared's looking at that Draymond Green steak and cheese sandwich from Subway. 
Uh, no. <laughs> what? He we, said he likes steak. Yeah, I. I this he meant this, real steak. Yeah, I, I I sort of meant real steak. Like, uh, oh, we'll, we'll man. Do I mean, uh, Joe's seafood, Joe's prime, uh, sea and uh, stone crab and seafood. Like, is that, that that's still at Caesars, right? Oh God. Oh God! What do you think we're I'll, coming to meet you for this? I, this I thing's think, gonna be like Uber Eats or something. I think Cass, <laughs> I'll I'll do the Cassie Soto and text you. Uh, what's the most expensive <laughs> restaurant? <laughs> God! Well, get ready for Postmates. I don't think we're coming to see you. <laughs> think we're going, I think he thinks we're going to meet him. I know. I don't know what you're thinking. You're gonna get Chick Fil A delivered. That's, that is day, part Jerry. of the deal. You have to eat with me. <laughs> Nobody wants to do that.